Section 10 of the Battle of the Books. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Battle of the Books and Other Short Pieces by Jonathan Swift. Section 10. Candenus and Vanessa. Written in O. 1713. The shepherds and the nymphs were seen, pleading before the superior queen. The council for the fair began, accusing the false creature, man. The brief was weighty crimes was charged, on which the pleader much enlarged, that Cupid now has lost his art, or blunts the point of every dart. His altar now no longer smokes, his mother's aid no youth invokes. This tempts free thinkers to refine, and bring in doubt their powers divine. Now love is dwindled to intrigue, and marriage grown a money-league, which crimes aforesaid, with her leave, were, as he humbly did conceive, against our sovereign lady's peace, against the statues in that case, against her dignity and her crown. Then prayed in answer and sat down. The nymphs for scorn beheld their foes, when the defendant's counsel arose, and what no liar ever lacked, with impudence owned all the fact. But what the gentlest heart would vex, laid all the fault on the other sex, that modern love is no such thing as what those ancient poets sing. A fire celestial, chase, refined, conceived and kindled in the mind, which, having found an equal flame, unites, and both become the same, in different breasts together burn, together both to ashes turn. But women now feel no such fire, and only know the gross desire. Their passions move in lower spheres, where caprice or folly steers a dog a parrot or an ape or some worse brute in human shape engross the fancies of the fair the few soft moments they can spare from visits to receive and pay from scandal politics and play from fans and flounces and brocades from equipage and park parades from all the thousand female toys from every trifle that employs the out or insight of their heads between their toilets and their beds in a dull stream which moving slow you hardly see the current flow if a small breeze obstructs the course it whirls about for want of force and in its narrow circle gathers nothing but chaff and straws and feathers the current of a female mind stopped thus and turns with every wind thus whirling round gather draws fools, fops, and rakes for chaff and straws. Here we conclude no woman's hearts are won by virtue, wit, and parts, nor are the men of sense to blame for breasts incapable of flame. The fault on the nymphs be placed, grown so corrupted in their taste. The pleader, having spoke his best, had witness ready to attest, who fairly could an oath depose when questions on the fact arose that every article was true nor further those despondents knew therefore he humbly would insist the bill might be with costs dismissed 
the cause appeared of so much weight that venus from the judgment seat desired them not to talk so loud else she must interpose a cloud for if the heavenly folk should know these pleadings in the courts below that morals here disdain to love she ne'er could show her face above for gods their betters are too wise to value that men despise and then said she my son and i must stroll an air twixt earth and sky or else shut out from heaven and earth fly to the sea my place of birth there lived with dangled mermaids pent and keep on fish perpetual lent but since the case appeared so nice she thought it best to take advice the muses by their king's permission though foes to love attend the session on the right hand took their places in order on the left the graces to whom she might her dobes propose on all emergencies that rose the muses oft were seen to frown the graces half ashamed looked down and twas observed there were but few of either sex among the crew whom she or her assistners knew the goddess soon began to see things were not ripe for a decree and said she must consult her books the lovers flatas bractons cokes first to a dapper clerk she beckoned to turn to ovid book the second she then referred them to a place in virgil by dido's case as for tibullus's reports they never passed for law in courts for Cowley's brief and pleas of waller still their authority is smaller there was on both sides much to say she'd hear the cause another day and so she did and then a third she heard it there she kept her word but with rejoinders and replies long bills and answers stuffed with lies demur imparlance and assoin the parties near could issue join for sixteen years the cause was spun and then stood where it first begun now gentle silo sing or say what venus meant by this delay the goddess much perplexed in mind to see her empire thus declined was first this grand debate arose above her wisdom to compose conceived a project in her head to work her ends which if it sped would show the merits of the cause for better than consulting laws in a glad hour lucina's aid produced on earth a wondrous maid on whom the queen of love was bent to try a new experiment she threw her law-books on the shelf and thus debated with herself since man allege they ne'er can find those beauties in a female mind which raise a flame that will endure for ever uncorrupt and pure it tis with reason they complain this infant shall restore my reign i'll search where every virtue dwells from courts inclusive down to cells what preachers talk or sages write these i will gather and unite and represent them to mankind collected in that infant's mind this said she plucks in heaven's high bowers 
a spring of amaranthian flowers in nectar thrice infuses bays three times refined in titan's rays then calls the graces to her aid and sprinkles thrice the now-born maid from whence the tender skin assumes a sweetness above all perfumes from whence a cleanliness remains incapable of outward stains from whence that decency of mind so lovely in a female kind where not one careless thought intrudes less modest than the speech of prudes where never blush was called an aid this spurious virtue in a maid a virtue but at second hand they blush because they understand the graces next would act their part and show but little of their art their work was half already done the child with native beauty shone the outward from no help required each breathing on her thrice inspired that gentle soft engaging air which in old times adorned the fair and said vanessa be the name by which thou shalt be known to fame vanessa by the gods enrolled her name on earth shall not be told but still the work was not complete when venus thought on a deceit drawn by her doves away she flies and finds out pallas in the skies dear pallas i have been this morn a, to see a lovely infant born a boy in yonder isle below so like my own without his bow by beauty could your heart be won you'd swear it is apollo's son but it shall ne'er be said a child so hopeful has by me been spoiled i have enough besides to spare and give him wholly to your care wisdom's above suspecting files the queen of learning gravely smiles down from olympus comes with joy mistakes vanessa for a boy then sows within her tender mind seeds long unknown to womankind for manly bosoms chiefly fit the seeds of knowledge judgment wit her soul was suddenly endued with justice truth and fortitude with honour which no breath can stain which malice must attack in vain with open heart and bounteous hand but pallas here was at a stand she knew in our degenerate days but her virtue could not live on praise that meat must be with money bought she therefore upon second thought infused yet as it were by stealth some small regard for state and wealth of which she grew up there stayed a tincture in the prudent maid she managed her estate with care yet liked three footmen to her chair but lest he should neglect his studies like a young hare the thrifty goddess for fear young master should be spoiled used him like a younger child and after long computing found twould come to just five thousand pound the queen of love was pleased and proud to we vanessa thus endowed she doubted not but such a dame through every breast would dart a flame that every rich and lordly swain with pride would drag about her chain that scholars would forsake their books 
to study bright vanessa's looks as she advanced that womankind would by her model form their mind and all their conduct would be tried by her as an unerring guide offending daughters oft would hear vanessa's praise rung in the ear miss betty when she does a fault lets fall her knife or spills the salt will thus be by her mother chid tis what vanessa never did thus by the nymphs and swains adored my power shall be again restored and happy lovers bless my reign so venus hoped but hoped in vain for when in time the martial maid found out the trick that venus played she shakes her helm she knits her brows and fired with indignation vows to-morrow ere the setting sun she'd all undo that she had done but in the poets we may find a wholesome law time out of mind had been confirmed by fate's degree that gods of whatsoe'er degree resume not what themselves have given or any brother god in heaven which keeps the peace among the gods or they must always be at odds in palace if she broke the laws must yield her foe the stronger cause a shame to one so much adored for wisdom at job's council board besides she feared the queen of love would meet with better friends above and though she must with grief reflect to see a mortal virgin decked with graces hitherto unknown to female breasts except her own yet she would act as best became a goddess of unspotted fame she knew by augury divine venus would fail in her design she studied well the point and found her foe's conclusions were not sound but premises erroneous brought and therefore the deductions not and must have contrary effects to what her treacherous foe expects in proper season pallas meets the queen of love whom thus she greets for gods we are by homer told can in celestial language scold perfidious goddess but in vain you formed this project in your brain a project for thy talents fit with much deceit and little wit thou hast as thou shalt quickly see deceived thyself instead of me for how can heavenly wisdom prove an instrument to earthly love knowest thou not yet that men commence thy votaries for want of sense nor shall vanessa be the theme to manage thy abortive scheme she'll prove the greatest of thy foes and yet i scorn to interpose by using neither skill nor force leave all things to their natural course the goddess thus pronounced her doom when lo vanessa in her bloom advanced like atlanta's star but rarely seen and seen from far in a new world with caution stepped watched all the company she kept well knowing from the books she read what dangerous paths young virgins thread would seldom at the park appear nor saw the playhouse twice a year yet not incurious was inclined to know the converse of mankind first issued from perfumers shops a crowd of fashionable fops 
they liked her how she liked the play then told the tattle of the day a duel fought last night at two about a lady you know who mentioned a new italian come either from muscovy or rome give hints of who and who's together then fell to talking of the weather last night was so extremely fine the ladies walked till after nine then in soft voice and speech absurd with nonsense every second word with fustian from exploding plays they celebrate her beauty's praise run o'er their cant of stupid lies and tell the murders of her eyes with silent scorn vanessa sat scarce listening to their idle chat further than sometimes by a frown when they grew parked to pull them down at last she spitefully was bent to try their wisdom's full extent and said she valued nothing less than titles figure shape and dress that marriage should be chiefly placed in judgment knowledge wit and taste and these she offered to dispute alone distinguished man from brute that present times have no pretense to virtue in the noble sense by greeks and romans understood to perish for our country's good she named the ancient heroes round explained for what they were renowned then spoke with censure or applause of foreign customs rights and laws through nature and through art she ranged and gracefully her subject changed in vain her hearers had no share in all she spoke except to stare their judgment was upon the whole that lady is the dullest so then tipped their forehead in a jeer as who should say she wants it here she may be handsome young and rich but none will burn her for a witch a party next of glittering dames from round the purlieus of st james came early out of pure good will to see the girl in dishabille their clamour lighting from their chairs it grew louder all the way upstairs at the entrance loudest where they found the room with volumes littered round vanessa held montague and read whilst miss susan combed her head they called for tea and chocolate and fell into their usual chat discoursing with important face on ribbons fans and gloves and lace showed patterns just from india brought and gravely asked her what she thought whether the red or green were best and what they cost vanessa guessed as came into her fancy first named half the rates and liked the worst the scandal next what awkward thing was that last sunday in the ring i'm sorry mopsa break so fast i said her face would never last corinna with that youthful air is thirty and a bit to spare your fondness for a certain earl began when i was but a girl phyllis who but a month ago was married to the turnbridge pio i saw quitting rather night in public with that odious knight they railed next vanessa's dress that gown was made for old queen bess dear madam let me see your head don't you intend to put on red a petticoat without a hoop 
sure you were not ashamed to stoop with handsome garrets at your knees no matter what a fellow sees filled with disdain with rage and flame both of herself and sex ashamed the nymph stood silent out of spite nor would vouchsafe to set them right away the fair detractors went and gave by turns their censures vent she's not so handsome in my eyes for wit i wonder where it lies she's fair and clean and that's the most but why proclaim her for a toast a baby face no life no airs but what she learnt in country fairs scarce knows what difference is between rich flanders lace and colbertine i'll undertake my little nancy if flounces has a better fancy with all her wit i would not ask her judgment how to buy a mask we begged her but to patch her face she never hit one proper place which every girl at five years old can do as soon as she is told i own that out of fashion stuff becomes the creature well enough a girl might pass if we could get her to know the world a little better to know the world a modern phrase for visits ombre balls and plays thus to the world's perpetual shame the queen of beauty lost her aim too late with grief she understood pallas had done more harm than good for examples are but vain where ignorance begets disdain both sexes armed with guilt and spite against vanessa's power unite to copy her few nymphs aspired her virtues fewer swains admired so stars beyond a certain height give mortals neither height nor light yet some of the other sex endowed with gifts superior to the crowd with virtue knowledge taste and wit she condensed to admit with pleasing art she could reduce men's talents to their proper use and with the dress each genius hold to that wherein it most excelled thus making others wisdom known could please them and improve her own a modest youth said something new she placed it in the strongest view all humble worth she strove to raise would not be praised yet loved to praise they learned met with free approach although they came not in a coach some clergy too she would allow nor quarrelled at their awkward bow for this was candenus's sake a gownman of a different make whom pallas once vanessa's tutor had fixed on for her caducutor but cupid full of mischief longs to vindicate his mother's wrongs on pallas all attempts are vain one way he knows to give her pain vows on vanessa's heart to take due vengeance for her patron's sake those early seeds by venus shown in spite of pallas now were grown and cupid hoped they would improve by time and ripen into love the boy made use of all his craft in vain discharging many a shaft pointed at colonials lords and beaux candenus worded off the blows for placing still some book betwixt the darts were in the cover fixed or often blunted and recoiled and plutarch's morals struck were spoiled the queen of wisdom could foresee 
but not prevent the fate's decree and human caution tries in vain to break that adamantine chain vanessa though by palace taught by love and vulnerable thought searching in books for wisdom's aid was in the very search betrayed cupid though all his darts were lost yet still resolved to spare no cost he could not answer to his fame the triumphs of that stubborn dame a nymph so hard to be subdued who neither was coquette nor prude i find says he she wants a doctor both to adore her and instruct her i'll give her what she most admires among these venerable sires candenus is a subject fit grown old in politics and wit caressed by ministers of state of half mankind the dread and hate whatever vexations love attend she need no rivals apprehend her sex with universal voice must laugh at her capricious choice candenus many things had writ vanessa much esteemed his wit and called for his poetic works meantime the boy in secret lurks and while the book was in her hand the urchin from his private stand took aim and shot with all his strength a dart of such prodigious length it pierced the feeble volume through and deep transfixed her bosom too some lines more moving than the rest struck to the point that pierced her breast and borne directly to the heart with pains unknown increased her smart vanessa not in years a score dreams of a gown of forty-four imaginary charms confined in eyes with reading almost blind Condenus now no more appears declined in health advanced in years she fancies music in his tongue nor farther looks but thinks him young what mariner is not afraid to venture in a ship decayed what planter will attempt to yoke a sapling with a falling oak as years increase she brighter shines condenus on each day declines and he must fall a prey to time while she continues in her prime condenus common forms apart in every scene had kept his heart had sighed and languished vowed and writ for pastime or to show his wit but time and books and state affairs had spoiled his fashionable airs and now could praise esteem and prove but understood not what was love his conduct might have made him styled a father and the nymph his child that innocent delight he took to see the virgin mind her book was but the master's secret joy in school to hear the finest boy her knowledge with her fancy grew she hourly pressed for something new ideas came into her mind so fact his lessons lagged behind she reasoned without plodding long nor ever gave her judgment wrong but now a sudden change was wrought she minds no longer what he taught Candenus was amazed to find such marks of a distracted mind for though she seemed to listen more to all he spoke than e'er before he found her thoughts would absent rage yet guessed not whence could spring the change and first he modestly conjectures his pupil might be tired with lectures which helped to mortify his pride it gave him not the heart to chide but in a mild dejected strain at last he ventured to complain 
said she would no longer be teased, might have her freedom when she pleased, was now convinced he acted wrong to hide her from the world so long, and in dull studies to engage one of her tender sex and age, that every nymph was envy owned how she might shine in the grandy mound, and every shepherd was undone to see her cloistered like a nun. This was a visionary scheme. He walked and found it but a dream, a project far above his skill, for nature must be nature still. If she was bolder, then became a scholar to a courtly dame. She might excuse a man of letters. Thus tutors often treat their betters, and since his talk offensive grew, he came to take his last adieu. Vanessa, filled with just disdain, would still her dignity maintain, instructed from her early years to scorn the art of female tears. Had he employed his time so long to teach her what was right or wrong, yet could such notions entertain that all his lectures were in vain? She owed the wanderings of her thoughts, but she must answer for her faults. She well remembered to her cost that all his lessons were not lost. Two maxims she could still produce, and said experience taught her use. That virtue, pleased by being shown, knows nothing which it dare not own, can make us without fear disclose our inmost secrets to our foes, that common forms were not designed, directors to a noble mind. Now, said the nymph, I'll let you see, my actions with your rules agree, that I can vulgar forms despise, and have no secrets to disguise. I knew by what you said and writ how dangerous things were men of wit. You cautioned me against their charms, but never gave me equal arms. Your lessons found the weakest part, aimed at the head, but reached the heart. Condenis felt within him rise, shame, disappointment, guilt, surprise. He know not how to reconcile such language with her usual style, and yet her words were so expressed he could not hope she spoke in jest. His thoughts had wholly been confined to form and cultivate her mind. He hardly knew till he was told whether the nymph were young or old, had met her in a public place without distinguishing her face. Much less could his declining age Vanessa's earliest thoughts engage, and if her youth and difference met, his person must contempt beget, or grant her passion be sincere, how shall his innocence be clear? Appearances were all so strong, the world must think him in the wrong, would say if he made a treacherous use of wit to flatter and seduce. The town would swear he had betrayed by magic spells the harmless maid, and every beau would have his jokes, that scholars were like other folks that when platonic flights were over the tutor turned a mortal lover so tender of the young and fair that showed a true paternal care five thousand guineas in her purse the doctor might have fancied worse hardly at length he silence broke and flattered every word he spoke interpreting her complacence just as a man sans consequence she rallied well he always knew her manner now was something new and what she spoke was in an air as serious as a tragic player but those who aim at ridicule should fix upon some certain rule which fairly hints they are in jest 
else he must enter his protest for let a man be ne'er so wise he might be caught with sober lies a science which he never taught and to be free was dearly bought for take it in its proper light tis just what coxcombs call a bite but not to dwell on things minute vanessa finished the dispute brought weighty arguments to prove that reason was her guide in love she thought he had himself described his doctrines when she fist embittered what he had planted now was grown his virtues she might call her own as he approves as he dislikes love or contempt her fancy strikes self-love in nature rooted fast attends us first and leaves us last why she likes him admire not at her she loves herself and that's the matter how was her tutor wont to praise the geniuses of ancient days those authors he so oft had named for learning wit and wisdom famed was struck with love esteem and awe for persons whom he never saw suppose candenus flourished then he must adore such godlike men if one short volume could comprise all that was witty learned and wise how would it be esteemed and read although the writer long were dead if such an author were alive how all would for his friendship strive and come in crowds to see his face and this she takes to be her case candenus answers every end the book the author and the friend the utmost her desires will reach is but to learn what he can teach his converse is a system fit alone to fill up all her wit while every passion of her mind in him is censured and confined love can with speech inspire a mute and taught vanessa to dispute this topic never touched before displayed her eloquence the more her knowledge with such pains acquired but this new passion grew inspired through this she made all objects pass which gave a tincture o'er the mass as rivers though they bend and twine still to the sea their course incline or as philosophers who find some favourite system to their mind in every point to make it fit will force all nature to submit Candenus, who could ne'er suspect his lessons would have such effect or be so artfully applied insensibly came on her side it was unforeseen event things took a turn he never meant war exiles in what we prize appears a hero to our eyes each girl is pleased with what is taught will have the teacher in her thought when miss delights in her spinet a fielder may a fortune get a blockhead with melody's voice in boarding schools can have his choice and oft the dancing master's art climbs from the toe to touch the heart in learning yet a nymph delight the pendant gets a mistress bite candenus to his grief and shame could scarce oppose vanessa's flame but thought her arguments were strong at least could hardly with them wrong however it came he could not tell but sure she never talked so well his pride began to interpose preferred before a crowd of beaux so bright a nymph to come unsought such wonder by his merit wrought tis merit must with her prevail he never know his judgment fail 
she noted all she ever read and had a most discerning head tis an old maxim in the schools that vanity's the food of fools yet now and then your men of wit will condensed to take a bit so when condennis could not hide he chose to justify his pride contruing the passion she had shown much to her praise more to his own nature in him had merit placed in her a most judicious taste love hitherto a transient guest ne'er held possession in his breast so long attending at the gate disdained to enter in so late love why do we one passion call when tis a compound of them all were hot and cold were sharp and sweet and all their equipages meet where pleasures mixed with pains appear sorrow with joy and hope with fear wherein his dignity and age forbid condennis to engage but friendship in its greatest height and constant rational delight on virtue's basis fixed to last when love's allurements long are past which gently warms but cannot burn it gladly offers in return his want of passion will redeem with gratitude respect esteem with that devotion we bestow when goddesses appear below while thus condennis entertains vanessa in exalted strains the nymph in sober words entreats a truce with all sublime conceits for why such raptures flights and fancies to her who durst not read romances in lovely style to make replies which he had taught her to despise but when her tutor will affect devotion duty and respect he fairly abdicates his throne the government is now her own he has a forfeiture incurred she vows to take him at his word and hopes he will not take it strange if both should now their stations change the nymph will have her turn to be the tutor and the pupil he though she already can discern his scholar is not apt to learn or wants capacity to reach the silence she designs to teach wherein his genius was below the skill of every common view who though he cannot spell is wise enough to read a lady's eyes and will each accidental glance interpret for a kind advance but what successes vanessa met is to the world a secret yet whether the nymph to please her swain talks in a high romantic strain or whether he at last descends to like with less seraphic ends or to compound the business whether they temper love and books together must never to mankind be told nor shall the conscience muse unfold meantime the mournful queen of love led but a weary life above she ventures now to leave the skies grown by vanessa's conduct wise for though by one preserved event palace had crossed her first intent though her design was not obtained yet she much experience gained and by the project vainly tried could better now the cause decide she gave due notice that both parties caram regina proxtimertis should at their peril without fail come and appear and save their bail all met and silence thrice proclaimed one lawyer to each side was named the judge discovered in her face resentments for her late disgrace and full of anger shame and grief directed them to mind their brief nor spend their time to show their reading 
she'd have a summary proceeding she gathered under every head the sum of what each lawyer said gave her own reasons last and then decreed the cause against the men but in a weighty case like this to show she did not judge amiss which evil tongues might else report she made a speech in open court wherein she grievously complains how she was cheated by the swains on whose petition humbly showing that women were not worth the wooing and that unless the sex would mend the race of lovers soon must end she was at lord knows what expense to form a nymph of wit and sense a model for her sex designed who never could one lover find she saw her favour was misplaced the fellows had a richard taste she needs must tell them to their face they were a senseless stupid race and were she to begin again she'd study to reform the men or add some grains of folly more to women than they had before to put them on equal foot and this or nothing else would do it this might their mutual fancy strike since every being loves its like but now repenting what was done she left all business to her son she puts the world in his possession and let him use it at direction the crier was adorned to dismiss the court so made his last oh yes the goddess would no longer wait but rising from her chair of state left all below at six and seven harnessed her doves and flew to heaven End of section ten. Read by Elijah Fisher.